0: Some people believe it is a gift from the ancient world. A mystical substance with magical healing powers. Others claim that it could bring about nuclear apocalypse. It's being offered for sale across social media and the internet. Tiny amounts sometimes cost thousands of dollars. But there's one catch. This substance doesn't actually exist. This is BBC Trending, the podcast that takes an investigative look at the world of social media. I'm Mike Wendling. The bizarre substance that I'm talking about, it's called red mercury. I'm joined by Sarah Miles, who's been delving into this very strange story. Hi, Mike. So, Sarah, I think most of us are probably familiar with plain old ordinary mercury, the silver kind – The stuff that's in old-style thermometers and the periodic table. That's right. But that's not what we're talking about here, is it?
1: No, Mike, it's not. It's something we became aware of a few weeks ago during research for a story about, do you remember the
0: ancient artefacts being sold on Facebook groups? Of course. And by the way, that's still available to download as a BBC trending podcast.
1: That's right. So we were looking at the antiquities being illicitly traded on Facebook groups when we came across something called red mercury, and it's been sold in the same circles. So just take a look at this Facebook page.
0: So there's a photo of a close-up of a drop of a shiny red liquid on a plate. Mm -hmm. Uh, The page says it's for sale and that it has 99.9999% purity. It's very pure. Very, very pure. (laughs) there are contact details for anybody who wants to get in touch with the seller.
1: Yeah, so what you're seeing there is claimed to be liquid red mercury, And it's a substance which is very different things, depending on who you talk to. While we first saw it on Facebook, you can also find it advertised on other social media sites and a bunch of websites.
0: Now, I'm already intrigued, but you must explain. What's the connection between red mercury and ancient antiquities?
1: Okay, so let's hear from Lisa Wynne. She's an associate professor and head of the anthropology department at Macquarie University in Sydney. She has an interesting story about how she first came across the phenomenon that is
2: red mercury. Back when I was doing my PhD, my research was on tourism and I was comparing Western and Arab tourism in Egypt. I was based at the Giza pyramids in the offices of the archaeologists who work there and so I would go there three days a week and I would just help out.
1: So one day, Lisa was working in the office when one of the senior archaeologists, Dr. Zawe Hawass, came in and said...
2: Lisa, you're going to have to go into another room because I'm receiving a VIP visitor from the Gulf.
1: As you would be, Lisa was curious about who this mystery guest
2: might be. So I'm there with the archaeologists and we see this guy coming up the path to the offices and we all cluster around the window to watch him. He was a... Prince, I think from Saudi Arabia, and he's, you know, he's beautifully dressed in these long flowing robes and he looks like super dignified and he goes into the office and we're all sitting there wondering, like, what is this all about? We're so intrigued.
1: And the reason for his visit wasn't exactly typical.
2: Later on, I find out that what he was there for is because his mother was very sick. She um, she was in a coma. She'd been in a coma for a long time. And this man had been, you know, spending all of his energies and money trying to find something that would save his mother, that would cure her, right? And so he exhausts all of the possibilities of medical science. And so he turns to a sheikh in Saudi Arabia, a faith healer, who tells him there's this magical substance that is found buried with mummies in the throats of mummies in ancient Egypt. And if you go to Egypt... And ask this archaeologist, Dr. Zahi Hawass, he will be able to provide you with red mercury. And so he goes and he tells this story to Dr. Hawass. And Dr. Hawass says, you know, I'm so sorry about your mother, but this is bunk. There is no such thing as red mercury. This is a
0: myth So, this poor guy had traveled to Egypt in the hopes that he could find a magical substance found in the mouths of Egyptian mummies to cure his mother, only to find
2: that it was total nonsense.
1: Yes, but Lisa says this was not a new thing for the Egyptian archaeologists.
2: So, Dr. Zahi Hawass told me that this was very common, actually, for him to find Arabs who had this idea about red mercury. And So they believed that this was this magical ancient substance that was found in the throats of mummies and had these mystical curative powers. So where did this belief come from?
1: Okay, so it goes back centuries. I get Lisa to read out something that gives you an idea of just how far back.
2: Okay, so it's an 8th and ninth century alchemist, Jabir ibn Hayyan, who wrote, quote, "...the most precious elixirs to ever have been blended on earth were hidden in the pyramids." And, you know, historically, there were Arabs who believed that ancient Egypt was the remains of an ancient race of giants who have all died out. And you can see why they would think that. I mean, if you see the monuments, they are gigantic in proportion. They were meant to awe you. And it's not surprising that you would look at those enormous columns and think, oh my gosh, giants lived here and they must have had amazing magical powers, right?
1: But healing powers are not the only properties claimed for red mercury. Some people also believe that it can be used to summon djinn, as they are known in the Arab world. So jinn are spirits or genies.
0: Okay, and regardless of what you think about spirits, clearly... If people think this magical substance exists, then there's a market for it. And thus, the ads that you found online.
1: Right. And that's a problem. If people think it can be found in pyramids and other Egyptian tombs, they are likely to start crawling all over historically important sites to try and find it. They could do a lot of damage. And that's not only a concern to archaeologists.
2: Recently, there's circulated this theory that red mercury could be found in the nests of bats who live in the tombs. In, down in Luxor, right? And the idea that there would be red mercury in these nests is of course absurd, but that's how urban legends work, right? And so currently there's apparently this fad for finding red mercury in the nests of bats. And it's too bad because it's going to disrupt these poor bats who are trying to just, you know, live.
1: And if you think this story sounds wild now, it gets even wilder. So some people believe that you don't get mercury from any old bat. They say it is produced by vampire bats. Vampire bats. Yes. And because of that, it has some of the same properties as
0: vampires. As vampires? Okay, explain this.
1: Right. So you don't need to be a massive horror movie buff to know that A, vampires supposedly don't have a reflection and B, the way to ward off vampires is with garlic. Of course. And and so red mercury that comes from bats is supposed to have the same qualities. So take a look at this. It's one of the many YouTube videos where someone is showing off the vampiric qualities of red mercury. There's no voiceover, by the way, just this haunting music.
0: Right. Okay, so this video is in Arabic, and it's got, I see, nearly 300,000 views. And what we're seeing here is a red blob that's been placed onto a piece of paper. Uh, It doesn't look that real. It looks suspiciously like this blob is actually something that's like a graphic that's been painted on the screen rather than a real liquid. But anyway, um, a mirror is being held up beside it, and we can see the paper and the stuff in the background, but we can't see the blob. It has no reflection. Wow, crazy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and now a hand is holding a clove of garlic near the blob.
0: Okay, great special effects here because now the blob is scuttling away from the garlic. Like it's being repelled by the garlic and it's moving like it's alive. Okay, wait, now here's another, he's holding up a piece, uh, (laughs) sort of like a bangle, some sort of jewellery. A piece of gold is being placed across from the red mercury. And the red mercury is being attracted to the gold. Okay, so explain (laughs) this. What's going on here?
1: Oh, that? That's because of another one of red mercury's supposed qualities, and it is that it can be used to seek out gold.
0: Okay, so in addition to all this stuff, people believe, some people, that you can actually find gold with red mercury?
1: Yeah, well, so the story goes. Katie Paul is the co director and co founder of the Antiquities Trafficking and Heritage Anthropology Research Project. She's come across red mercury in her work tackling the illicit trade of ancient artefacts. She reckons people want to buy red mercury as a way to get rich quick.
0: It's a folktale, particularly in North Africa and areas like Egypt. Individuals will try to use red mercury as a way to coax gins out of tombs and help find treasure.
1: But Katie says that just like your typical get rich quick scheme, this one is a con. And unfortunately,
0: for some of the individuals who are more susceptible to believing in this folklore, they're really swindled by people who are on these groups trying to sell them something that doesn't actually exist. So sometimes they'll offer uh, thermometers and say that the red liquid in the thermometer is the red mercury. A misunderstanding of the fact that there's mercury in thermometers, but that is not the red liquid that is seen.
1: Yes. In fact, these days, the red stuff in thermometers is usually not even ordinary mercury. It's more than likely alcohol dyed red, which is much safer if your thermometer breaks. However, there is one form of red mercury that we can confidently say does exist.
0: Aha, you found it.
1: Yep. So here's Lisa Winn again. She says there's a material called cinnabar that has also historically been known as red mercury.
2: Cinnabar is mercury sulfide. It's some salt of, of mercury that is mined. And it's been found in archaeological excavations, and ancient Chinese carved these beautiful um, vases out of this mercury ore. And it was ground down and used to make this really brilliant pigment, vermilion.
0: Okay, so there is something that is mercury and colored red, and it does exist.
1: Yeah, but it's fairly boring by comparison to what we've been hearing about. It definitely doesn't have vampire-like qualities, and it 100% isn't going to magically cure you of anything. In fact, quite the opposite.
2: Look, I mean, red mercury, if we're talking about cinnabar as an actual substance, it's highly toxic, right? Like, it it could be dangerous if you actually found mercury and ingested it for its healing properties. So,
0: if you buy some red mercury via one of these adverts that we've seen on social media, you could get a very nasty surprise.
1: Well, yeah, that is even if you do receive anything once you send
0: your money off. Okay. Well, coming up, we'll be hearing more about another one of the amazing lives of red mercury. This time, centuries after the time of the pharaohs and halfway around the world in Russia. And we'll ask, why does the myth of red mercury persist? So much so that you can find it for sale on social media websites today. Today, I'm here with Sarah Miles, who's been investigating red mercury, a mysterious substance that you can find being traded on social media, even though it doesn't actually exist. Some believe it comes from the ancient Egyptians and has magical healing properties. But Sarah, there are also claims that red mercury can be used for far more worrying purposes.
1: Yes, Mike. Another reason why some people want to get their hands on red mercury is because of the belief that it can be used to create nuclear weapons.
0: Wow, this stuff really does have 101 different uses. So how did that particular belief come about? Well, let's ask an expert.
3: My name's Mark Hibbs. I'm a senior fellow at the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace. That's an NGO and a think tank in Washington, D.C., but I live in Germany.
1: So Mark Hibbs remembers when red mercury first started gaining a reputation as a nuclear substance. It was around the time of the end of the Cold War between Russia and the West.
3: I was a a journalist during the 1980s. Uh, Those of us who, in the late 1980s, were beginning to track... Soviet nuclear materials, Soviet Union, after the Chernobyl accident, began to open up. We began to hear that there was a substance called red mercury, which was offered for sale by shadowy perpetrators who claimed to have this material that was claimed to have signal importance for the production of nuclear weapons.
0: So where was this red mercury supposedly coming from?
1: Well, at the time the Soviet Union was coming to an end the old institutions of the communist order were falling apart. And that was a concern because that regime was a nuclear superpower.
3: The Soviet Union was a place that over a number of decades in very secretly accumulated nuclear inventories across a massive territory of eight or nine time zones where nuclear materials were stored. And it wasn't clear to us at the time that all those materials as the Soviet Union began to disintegrate, would remain under lock and key. So when we began to hear in the 1980s that a substance called red mercury was on the market, people paid attention to it.
1: It sounds like a nightmare scenario. Nuclear material potentially disappearing from government facilities, being sold on the black market, and possibly being snapped up by rogue states or terrorists. Fortunately for everyone, though, things were not as feared.
3: It wasn't very long... After these uh, offers of red Mercury appeared, um, before Western governments began countering um, very openly in media advisories that these efforts to sell this uh, product were hoaxes. Um, I remember very well at the time a flyer that had been circulated by the United States government, which was titled Caveat Emptor buyer beware, alerting people that red mercury was a hoax.
0: So red mercury isn't a magic medicine and it isn't a nuclear substance. Well,
1: some people believe that it's real and that it is, including Sam Cohen, who invented the neutron bomb. He was a proponent of red mercury. He claimed red mercury would make it easier to make nuclear bombs and to make them as small as a baseball. But the general scientific consensus is that the existence of such a substance is a hoax. It just doesn't exist. However, Mark Hibbs told me something interesting. He said he was present at a number of meetings between Western and Russian scientists that took place in the late 1980s and early 90s. The aim was to put an end to the nuclear arms race and to try and prevent nuclear materials falling into the wrong hands.
3: During one such event, I recall very distinctly that Soviet weapons scientists told me uh, personally that red mercury was a code word that was used in the Soviet nuclear weapons complex for a material called lithium-6 deuteride. This is an isotope that serves as a nuclear weapons precursor material for fusion nuclear weapons. They didn't offer any further explanation for that. Well, Mark
1: naturally had to find out if this could be true.
3: I asked other people um, with knowledge of nuclear weapons whether that was a, a possible or cogent explanation for the red mercury phenomenon. And the people that I talked to suggested it may well have been. But officially speaking, both from Western governments and from the Soviet government, response to my queries were basically d no confirmation, no denial. And to my knowledge, it was never established at that time as absolutely certain what red mercury actually was or is.
0: Slippery stuff, this red mercury.
1: Indeed, it is. And given all this uncertainty, it's not a surprise that some people think that the stories about red mercury were all made up for another purpose – there are rumours that they were invented by the US government as a way to entrap terrorists by bringing them out in the open. Sneaky. Yes. And in 2015, the New York Times reported that several members of the so-called Islamic State Group have been arrested in Turkey trying to buy red mercury. Here in the UK, three men were arrested in 2004 for trying to buy red mercury.
0: Trying to buy something that doesn't exist.
1: Right. And maybe that's why they were acquitted. It turns out they were set up by a newspaper. But even if Red Mercury is a myth that hasn't prevented it from repeatedly popping up in popular culture. The idea that there is this deadly material out there and it could find its way into the hands of terrorists is the stuff of Hollywood movies. And in 2005, it was the premise of a thriller that was actually called Red Mercury.
3: Three fanatics take a load of hostages, threaten the world with a nuclear bomb, and it's the government's fault.
1: The film was directed by Roy Battersby and had quite a decent cast But it does look fairly hysterical now, and it doesn't end there.
3: This is Frank Hayden. Welcome to my nightmare.
1: We've located the Red Mercury's EM SIG. That's a clip from Shadow Ops Red Mercury, a computer game released by Zombie Studios. It's a shoot-em-up game in which a US Special Forces soldier has to stop a Russian mercenary detonating a bomb made of... You guessed it.
0: What? What? Red mercury. Oh, of course. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> so the notion of red mercury being this incredible substance really does seem to have made its mark around the world, regardless of the facts.
1: Yeah, it sure has. Depending on your story of choice, it's a magical healing substance to be found in the pyramids or vampire juice that can help you find goals, or a shortcut to making a nuclear bomb. Take your pick,
0: I guess. But one thing does strike me. You have all these fantastical stories, all these amazing claims being made for what red mercury is and what it can do. And then you've got these adverts offering it for sale on social media. They're grainy pictures of some red dot on a plate with a phone number. The two don't seem to have much relation to each other.
1: It's a bit of a disappointment, isn't it? Yes, the adverts look very dodgy and a bit flat. They don't say things like, buy this and it will cure all your illnesses or... Buy this and make your own nuclear device at home. In fact, the ones we've seen don't seem to make any claims for this stuff, other than it's 99.999999% pure. Very pure. Very, very pure. It's like they know people will have heard the stories and are letting the mystique do the selling for them.
0: So is this just a straight con?
1: Well, that's certainly what the people we've been talking to think. This is Mark Hibbs from the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace again. He thinks if the legends about red mercury were true, you certainly wouldn't find it being hawked on social media.
3: Red mercury had any value for the production of nuclear weapons. It would be the darknet, which is where I would expect it to show up in the internet and not in the open internet.
0: Well, that is reassuring at least. And it makes sense that you probably wouldn't find nuclear material turning up on Facebook Marketplace.
1: Well, let's hope not. And this is Professor Lisa again, who told us about the Saudi dignitary who wanted to buy red mercury to cure his mother.
2: I don't think it exists. And the danger is that people are going to be swindled, that they might be robbed, mugged, or that they'll just waste their time.
0: Well, we approached a few of the platforms where Red Mercury is being offered for sale. Facebook told us it did not allow fraudulent activity – We are taking action to stop fraud wherever it appears, the company told us in a statement. They urged people to use the reporting tools on Facebook itself. And they said that they had removed the pages with adverts for Red Mercury that we made them aware of. Twitter told us that its spam policy clearly states you may not use its services to disrupt user experiences. It said it had suspended the accounts with Red Mercury ads that we highlighted to them. And YouTube told us that their community guidelines prohibit any content encouraging dangerous or unlawful activities. This includes content promoting the sale of illegal substances. But they said red mercury is not a known illegal or regulated good and therefore not in violation of our policies. But they continued, However, not all videos are fit for advertising and we take action to prevent ads on videos in violation of our advertising guidelines.
1: And if there's one thing to take away from this story, it's this. If you see red mercury for sale, don't try to buy it. It's a trap.
0: That's it this week for the BBC Trending podcast. I'm Mike Wendling. Thanks to Sarah Miles and also to our production coordinator, Sarah Jackson, and our editor, Jeremy Skeet. Our producer this week was Ed Main. You can use any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, to get in touch with us and let me know what you thought. But please don't try to offer us any red mercury. I ain't buying. Or if you want to message us with your thoughts on this or any of our other programs, well, just email me direct. My email, michael.wendling, W-E-N-D-L-I-N-G, at bbc.co.uk. Before we go, just time for one more question. What do reggae music, roller coasters, and puppet movies have in common? Well, they all start with a creative spark. That's the common thread that brings them together in our podcast, In the Studio. Each week, the show takes you into the minds of the world's most creative people. Artists, writers, sports stars, musicians, DJs, designers, they all invite you behind the scenes. It's the podcast that explores the creative process from start to finish, from inspiration to reality. It's called In the Studio another podcast from the BBC World Service. Just search for it wherever you get your podcasts from. And I'll be back with Trending next week. See you then.